Hello and welcome to Meditations on the Book of Romans with me, Chris Wickland. Hope you're all doing well out there. So this is a new series that I've just started, which I'll work my way through, where each day I'm just going to meditate on the Book of Romans and I'm just going to share it with you, if, you, if you'd like that. As, uh, my tend to, when I tend to meditate, I tend to get quite a lot of stuff that people find quite helpful. And the way that the meditations come about, they're quite structured as well. So there's, there's a lot of good theology and stuff in there as well. And we'll cover lots of difficult issues that we'll come across in the Book of Romans. Because I'm sure, as you will know, if you've ever read the Book of Romans it does get a little bit fiddly here and there. So shall we start? Now, if you've got a Bible with you, I'd recommend you have one to hand because I will look at the odd scripture here and there. Uh, But today I'm going to start on verse one, but just the very first word. Now I'm reading from the ESV Bible and it just says, Paul. (laughs) It says the opening verse, it just starts with Paul. That's it. That's all I'm going to talk about today is the word Paul. (laughs) Okay, so... The opening verse to Romans 1, chapter 1, starts with the name Paul. The name denotes being small, and often we believe that's to do with Paul's stature and his size. So Paul was a short man, so we're told in stature, but yet he was a spiritual giant. Now, why would his name change from Saul to Paul? It's a question that's often asked, but incidentally, it, it doesn't really matter because his name is used in interchangeably. So in Acts chapter 13, verse 9, sometimes he's called Saul and sometimes he's called Paul. So somewhere along the line, someone decided to call him Paul, whether that was a nickname or what, I don't know. Um, but the name Paul denotes smallness, but not just in a physical sense, but also one who is lowly of heart and who is humble. Now, Paul's name, as I said, was often interchanged between Saul and Paul. Now, these two names reveal a wonderful story of God's redemption and the ways of his kingdom. You see, the name Saul means prayed for. The name Paul means small or humble. So Saul, the very one who persecuted the church, became a trophy of God's grace and became the prayed for answer to God's holy church. Now, although he would become great, he would also be a small man a humble man, one who learned obedience through suffering as his Lord and Master Jesus did. It says in Hebrews 5 verse 8, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. That's from the uh, NLT. You have to forgive me, I'm using this new podcast piece of equipment and uh, so I'm all over the place today and I've got books and stuff here, there and everywhere. So if you hear pages turning and things like that, Please forgive me. Okay, so next verse is in Colossians 1.24. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. This wonderful man, a man who caused such harm to the church, became God's helper to the church, Paul was given many wondrous, deep and difficult to understand revelations from God to help the church in its way and on its way forward. This great apostle and theologian, the Apostle Paul, learned the secret of the power of the kingdom of heaven, which is humility, that is, being small. 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. 
How often are we trying to exalt ourselves these days? But if we just humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will raise us up and he will exalt us in his own good time. Colossians 3.12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience. Written from the man himself, the Apostle Paul. Matthew 11.29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Now, this verse clearly shows us that if we want souls that are rested and full of God's peace, then we need to be a people who are meek and lowly. However, if we're full of angst, anger, bitterness, rivalry and division, then there will be no rest and there will be no peace in our lives. How often, well, let me ask you this question, how often have we suffered hardships when we try to raise ourselves up and see ourselves as being better than others. Come on, let's be honest with ourselves now. The path of humility is one of continual death to self. We have to carry our cross daily and perpetually crucify the flesh and become a living sacrifice. As in the Old Testament, in the Old Order, animals were sacrificed morning, noon, afternoon and evening. And so must we also remember to be humble at our waking, our dining and lunching, working and before sleeping. And when we fail, because let's be honest, there are going to be days where it just isn't going to happen. <laughs> and when we fail, we can turn to our gracious Saviour who will hear our petitions and forgiveness. Lamentations 3, to 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never come to an end. They are new ever every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's from the ESV. And 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Anytime you mess up, just fess up and you'll be good. Every jot and tittle of scripture is important in the scriptures for the word of God is breathed out by him. And when we come to scripture, every word matters, especially a name. From merely looking at the name Paul, much is revealed and taught. Take the time yourself in your own walk with God, in your own time of meditation of the scripture. Take the time to dive the depths and mine scripture. For in those places, great treasures are revealed. Treasures that could wonderfully change and transform your life. Now, I personally believe that humility is absolutely essential to moving in authority and power in the kingdom of God. If one wants to move in authority, one must be under authority. And this is where submission and accountability are important. Yes, we are getting into that uncomfortable zone where it's about accountability and all that kind of stuff. Now, as often as Christians, we like to think that we're accountable to no one but God. But that isn't biblical. May I give you an illustration? Now, this might upset a few of you, but you know, I'm known for upsetting people, but I'm not going out of my way to upset you. So I do apologize in advance. I remember being at a church meeting once and uh, this church leader afterwards was speak. Well, he was not a church leader, actually. He was a missionary and he was speaking to this Christian guy. And I overheard the conversation as walking by and he said to this guy, the missionary said to this guy, look, you say that you're submitted to Christ. 
But if you can't even be submitted to a church leader who is a representation of kingdom authority on the earth, then if you can't if you can't uh, submit to that, then there's no way you can submit to Christ. Ooh, painful words. <laughs> I when I heard that, I was like, man, you're brave. I would like to say that, but I've never had to say it to anybody. And I probably wouldn't get to say it to anyone. But you're probably thinking, well, you just told me now. No, I'm telling you an example of me overhearing someone else saying, I'd love to say it, but I won't. Anyway, we are accountable to God. Did you know that? Every one of us is accountable to God. We're also accountable to our parents to some degree. We're accountable to our husbands and our wives, to the laws of this land, providing that they don't cause us to break the laws of God. And we are to be accountable to spiritual authority also. Let's have a uh, look at the Bible. So if you've got your Bible with me, with you, uh, turn with me rather to Matthew chapter 8. This is a famous story. You probably all know it. And we're going to look at verses 8 to 15. And I'm going to read from the ESV, which I got for Christmas, which is a very nice Bible. Um, and this is the uh, the faith of the centurion, as it's uh, titled in my Bible. It says, when he, that's Jesus, had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Jesus marveled at the centurion's faith. Why? Well, firstly, because he's a Gentile, right? And he's not a Jew. And yet he got it when it came to understanding kingdom authority. The centurion understand that Jesus was under the authority of God. And thus, if Jesus gave the word under that authority, then it would be done. Just as the centurion under the emperor's authority says to the soldiers, go and they go. Why would they do this? Because the centurion is operating under the authority of the emperor. It's a delegation of that authority. And he speaks in part for the emperor as though he were the emperor. To be a good trusted centurion, he too had to be one that previously faithfully executed any orders given to him by his superiors. Because to be trusted with authority, one must learn to live under it. The word humility means power under control and power under submission to another. So, for example, when a horse is humbled or broken in, the horse has learned to surrender its will to another. You see, submission is a key element to the path of humility. Submission and accountability in today's culture is not something that is popular. You see, many Christians I'm not lots of them. I just meet them every now and then, the odd few, tend not to be humble or accountable. Um, and some only want to do what they want to do 
with no accountability to anyone. Now, often I get asked by certain evangelists, I get texts and emails and all sorts of things coming through to my phone every day. And listen, if you've written to me and I haven't replied, it's not because I'm rude um, or deliberately trying to be rude. It, it's just that I, I, I have so much stuff coming into my inbox and I have lots of things going on that I just rarely get a chance to reply to everyone. So if you have ever written to me I and I, you haven't heard back from me, I do apologize. But often I get asked by, for example, certain evangelists if they can come and talk at our church. And so firstly, I ask, what church are they connected with? And sadly, some of these inquiries come from what I would call disgruntled individuals who want to speak into local church, but are not themselves a part of or accountable to local church. To these individuals, I have to decline their offer. You see, in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 to 16, the Apostle Paul talks about head coverings, or as I like to call it, headship coverings. When Paul is talking about head coverings, he's talking about, obviously, you know, he's talking about a physical covering like a woman's hair, but it's representing a spiritual reality or a spiritual covering. So the physical head covering is representing the spiritual head covering. So God the Father is the head covering of God the Son. Jesus is the head covering of the church. Man is the spiritual head covering uh, and headship for woman and so on and so forth. Now, the path of humility and blessing is learning to live and flow in the principles of God's kingdom. That's a given, right? If you want to flow in the things of God and grow in greater peace and grow in your relationship with him, you must learn to live and to flow according to the principles of God's kingdom as laid down in scripture. Headship coverings matter both spiritually and in the natural. When I say natural, I don't mean put a head covering on your head. I mean in respect to spiritual um, authority and natural authority. It is how God has made all things. There is governance in the kingdom of God, not anarchy. In the angelic realm, there's powers, principalities, dominions, archangels, cherubim, seraphim, etc., etc. Okay, there is there is hierarchy. There is governance. Even the church has appointed governance in the giving of the fivefold ministries as written in Ephesians chapter 4. And they are given, the uh, fivefold ministries are, let me think just off the top of my head, it's uh, an apostle, prophet, uh, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And, and those ministries are given by Christ for to enable the body of Christ to be brought to the fullness of the maturity of the stature of Christ. And so these are these are appointed governance ministries to help the wider church, to help it grow and become strong. Hebrews 13, 17 says, have confidence in your leaders. This is referring to church leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Often on social media, uh, I see angry Christians ranting against churches because they just don't want to be controlled by them. Quotes like that I see a lot of the time. Now, I'm not denying that there are genuinely some nasty and controlling church leaders out there. But that aside, angry, ranting Christians sadly tend to reveal actually their hurt, their brokenness, and their maybe the lack of humility and anger 
in their bur- their, their outbursts and rants and their rants, rantings and ravings. It actually shows a lack of humility. It actually shows a lack of submission. Oh, I'm not going to submit to any church leader. Blah, 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 and stuff like that. Like I said, there are bad church leaders out there, but there's plenty of good ones out there. There are plenty of good church leaders out there that I know of that I would gladly submit myself. If I had to go and just become a, a, you know, go to a regular congregation again, I would gladly sit under them and gladly submit to what they have to say. Because you see, God's best for us is always the path of humility and accountability. God's best for us is always in the path of humility and accountability. It really is. You see, I often find it interesting when as a pastor, I get these people every now and then, if I may be so bold not to offend anyone but they generally be, tend to be the prophetic type not all of them there's a lot of good prophetic people out there very genuine loving God loving people but occasionally I meet the odd prophet here and there who who feels they have the right to hold me to account but they themselves are accountable to nobody I don't know if you've ever met those kind of people they will point the finger at you quote scriptures at you tell you you should do this and you do that but then they themselves are not accountable to you and they are only accountable to god hmm so who am i accountable to you might be thinking chris you know is you telling us all this stuff well how are you how are you humble how who are you submitting to well firstly i'm accountable to my wife in that she keeps me on the straight and narrow my wife will get right in my face sometimes if if I'm, I don't know, veering to the left or too much to the right or whatever, she will hold me in check and, and hold me to, to be accountable to the integrity of the word of God. As a leader, I'm accountable to the my elder body. So all the leaders in our churches are all accountable to me, but I am accountable to the body of leaders. So if, if I started saying some stuff that was spurious and wrong, then the leader body, elder body, can come to me and say, Chris, you know, we think you're out of order here. In fact, there have been one or two times where I made a decision and the leader body basically said, we really don't agree with that. And so I changed it because I too am accountable. I also have an apostolic leader that I have time with periodically who's allowed to speak into my life and give me wise counsel. You see, let's not forget the words of the most humble man who walked this earth, the servant king, Jesus, our Messiah. Matthew 20, verse 26 from the NLT. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. You see, there's no room for mavericks, DIYers, I'm the boss of me, Christians in Christianity. We are enjoined to submit to one another, Ephesians 5, 21, and to love one another john 13 35 by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light You see, being gentle and humble and lowly is the kingdom key to living a life of rest. Rest, brothers and sisters, is the opposite to striving. Do I get an amen? (laughs) How many of us have strived? Dear Lord, I know I have strived so much in my life. And as I'm praying there, dear Lord, please forgive me for all my striving that I've done over the years. Oh, blessed saints, please take a leaf out of my own personal book. In my younger years, I was arrogant, 
and contentious to my church leaders and those in authority. Guess what? Got me nowhere. It led me to a bleak, lonely and dark place of anger, resentment and frustration. It was only when I finally humbled myself that God began to use me in the wider church to bless his church. As I became submitted, I became entrusted. I'll say that again. As I became submitted, I became entrusted. Please don't waste your life in defiance and sticking it to the man. Do all things as unto God and love your neighbour as yourself. Spend less time thinking about yourself and learn to spread some kindness, gentleness and love. For me, my heart's desire is not to brag, boast or make myself look big, great or in good in, or, or good in front of man. Rather, my desire above all things actually is to be a humble man. It is the ache of my heart. And so as a leader, I try to let my life and my lifestyle do the talking and the leading for me. I lead by example, not by self-glorification, because wisdom is justified by her children. So that's my kind of meditation for today, all in the name of Paul, who is small, but small not just in stature, but also small in that he is humble and lowly of heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that you will help us daily to walk this path that you have laid before us, this path of simplicity, this path of humility, this path of accountability, this path, Lord God, which is actually the path of freedom, the path, the path of peace and the path of joy. Oh Lord, by your spirit, help us, train us and equip us to walk in this way. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission. Knock off those bits in our lives that just fervently are rebellious and and uh, fight against you and fight against this and fight against that. Lord, we want rest and peace in our lives. And so, Lord, we just yield to you and we submit to you and we submit to your word. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you change us and make us more Christ-like day by day and changing us and taking us from one degree of glory to another in the precious name of our living Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all. And until the next episode, have yourself a great week. Bye-bye.